tonight. We are on part six. Hallelujah. Taking a little journey here, a saint's life from the rapture on. And, uh, you know, this uh, part of why we're doing this is, you know, to, of course, to give you some knowledge. and uh, But just to remind us that Jesus is coming. Amen. Amen. Come on. He is returning and with reward. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And to remind us that we have a glorious hope. Hallelujah. Uh, for what is to come. Praise God for that. So I just want to remind you tonight that, uh, you know, there are a lot of different, uh, different views about end time things, about things in the thereafter, uh, as really from the scriptures, all of these things are not extremely clear. And, uh, you know, I believe that the Lord did that on purpose uh, for a reason. So certainly the things that we've been talking about, again, are not fighting points. Uh, they're just things for you to search out. You know, you may have a different opinion here or there. I'm okay with that as long as it is something that's not extremely clear in the Scripture. Uh, but it does give us kind of a little insight. And, uh, you know, I've done a lot of study uh, years ago when I first put this together. I did a lot, a lot, a lot of study. A lot of different studies of different viewpoints. And, of course, then the working together of all of the Bible. Uh, but it's very exciting, the things that are to come. And I can say this, that I know this, that no matter what, if you are a sincere Christian, our future is glorious. Hallelujah. And we're not going to be upset about anything once we get in the midst of it. Praise the Lord. Uh, but right now, we have an earth life to live. Come on, we have a race to run with God. We have assignments, we have graces, we have talents, we have resources and uh, we're doing it all every day. Uh, we're living for Christ. And not only Christ, but for the sake of the gospel. Come on, holding nothing back, giving it our all. Giving it our all. Praise the Lord. So that we will be ready. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. ready. Look at your neighbor and say, you better get ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and put the timeline up. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, don't forget that uh, in this series, all the scriptures are posted uh, on the church app with the message, as well as, I think, on YouTube uh, with the message, so that as you're, uh, as you're going back and listening and maybe studying, you can find uh, the scriptures there. So uh, you can attempt to jot them down tonight, but if you miss one or two, don't get concerned about it. Don't throw your hands out. I saw a couple weeks ago people throw their hands up in there. It's all right. Uh, you'll find them. You can get them again. Praise the Lord. But you know, really with the scriptures that, uh, that I'm talking about in this series here, sometimes you will uh, need to do a little digging yourself. Maybe go a little back, maybe go a little forward. I'm just giving the very bare necessity uh, of what's needed in order to present the full picture. But you do have to kind of go back and, and look at things so that you can understand, uh, for your own understanding, what... Uh, what time period it's really referring to. You know, it's important uh, to get that right, to know what we're referring to, what we're talking about, or are we talking about the rapture in the Bible? Uh, is it talking about the second coming of the Lord? Is it talking about the millennial reign? Is it talking about the new heaven and the earth? Uh, so those things are really important. And you know, uh, the Lord, uh, God did not put the scriptures together chronologically. And He didn't put the scriptures together topically. And really he did that for a reason because really the searching out. The searching out of the Word of God. The searching out of Scriptures. The, the searching out of the Bible so as to, as to, to put it all together. 
uh, to piece it all together like a puzzle, like a very complex puzzle, the most beautiful and glorious puzzle to be able to pull all of the pieces together to, to see how it works. It's so precious to God. That's why he loves when his people go after his word and search it out. We, we should treat it. it. It's so valuable. It's, it's, it's holy. It's, it's, it's really God himself. It's the knowing of God. It's the revealing of God through the scriptures, his word, this plan, uh, this great life that we have with him. And, and so really he wants us to treasure it. He wants us to treasure it and he wants us to seek after it like, like gold or like, like riches. It should be the cry of our heart. We should be willing to dig deep, come on, in, into the things of God because it's, it's just beautiful. And to consider how it was given and how uh, the connection of the, of the Holy Spirit, how future things, listen, how future things that, that had never happened before were revealed to men by the Holy Spirit as they pinned it on paper. Things that at the time seemed outrageous, seemed that things that are outlandish. To, to look at Ezekiel's description of an angel, far, far, far exceeds the little bitty drawings that we have on a piece of paper. To, 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 to look even at the end times years ago, I know my mother used to talk about how when she was a little girl and how the mark of the beast, how that just seemed so far-fetched. How could that ever, ever possibly be? But yet here we are today with technology that facilitates that. And, and, and here we are already chipping animals for identification today. This is, it's, just, it's just amazing how, how God would reveal things to men of different time periods that didn't know each other. And they would describe things that were to come and they would use the same phraseology. You can go to different, different books of the Bible, different writers, and, and how they use the same phrases. How can someone not recognize that God did this, that God wrote this, that God is the author of the word. This is just amazing. And that God put this in our hands, the life of God himself, the revealing of himself, so that we can understand it, that once we can get saved and our spirit comes alive, once we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God begins to, to live within us, how we can understand and just put things together and see this wonderful, glorious picture of who our God is. And the kingdom, the kingdom that is in heaven and the kingdom that has come into the earth through Jesus Christ. And the kingdom that is to come, how we will be ruling and reigning in it. It's, it's just like, wow, you have to take a moment sometimes and just say, Wow. I know last week after we got in the car, Pastor Chaz was saying, wow, because all of the different scriptures from the different places, how they all come together and they tell us something. And it's precious. So we're so thankful. Hallelujah. Last week on the timeline, we uh, finished up the things that were happening in the heavens uh, in the seven years that we're, we the believers, uh, we the resurrected saints, 
or, or in heaven, all the different things that go on during that, that time. And then last week we talked about uh, in the Bible, it's called the second advent. It's also called the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, this, this time when he comes, he will be coming with all of us. Uh, with all of his army, hallelujah. Uh, but we talked about that and the battle at Armageddon, which is uh, what brings the Lord uh, out, out of the sky at that time. Praise God and the big battle. And aren't you glad that we finished with the battle? Yes, praise the Lord. But don't forget, it's just a picture that we win. Hallelujah. So we do win this life with Christ. And, and so now the Lord has come back uh, with the army. And uh, tonight we're going to begin talking about the millennial reign. And so we'll be talking about this probably tonight and next week. Uh, but the millennial reign, of course, is the thousand-year reign of Christ in the earth with His resurrected saints. So it is the time between the second advent or the second coming and uh, between the new heaven before the new heaven and the new earth arrive on the scene. So as I mentioned last week, uh, in the second coming, Christ will arrive in the earth uh, he will take over everything. He will take over all governments. He will rule the earth both physically and spiritually, both literally and earthly for 1,000 years. Hallelujah. With the resurrected saints. So what we will see is we will see the kingdom of God in full display ruling in righteousness in the earth. And this particular 1,000-year reign called the millennial reign or the millennium uh, is going to be the last dispensation of man before three things. Before number one, before the Lord destroys all rebels. So anybody that has rebelled against the Lord, uh, you can read about that in Revelation chapter 20, uh, verses 12 through 15. Uh, then this is the dispensation before the final removal of the curse. You can read about that in Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. And then lastly, the restoring of man's dominion. Uh, I want to turn there tonight. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And I just want to remind you about this. Because a God is going to get back to His original plan. In the beginning, God had a plan. And uh, the plan got thwarted, it seemed, for a little while. You know, man stepped out of order. And uh, God has been working diligently and intently uh, since that time to restore things to as they were. But I just want to take you back to the beginning of what you could see about what God said about, about man's dominion. And then I want to turn it over to, uh, toward the end. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Hallelujah. We are of the God kind. Praise God. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man, that's mankind, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, now listen to this, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God's original intent is that He would have people in the earth ruling and reigning. Uh, turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 22. Just showing you in the end that God's... Uh, 
design has not changed. Isaiah 66 verse 22, it says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. Hallelujah. So there is not coming a time when the earth will be without men or without people. Uh, God will get back to His original intent. Now we know that during the millennial reign, uh, there are going to be great and significant changes that take place in the earth. Uh, it will be a supernatural life to some extent in the earth. It will be a forerunner of what is to come in the new heaven and the new earth. And it probably, at least in some degree, will... Uh, be like what it was like in the Garden of Eden where everything was perfect in the earth for that thousand years. Hallelujah. So uh, there's a lot to say about the millennium. There's a lot of exciting things because this is going to be where we begin to see now we have come back with Christ and now we are established in the earth and we actually will be ruling and reigning. And so I think people hear that and they get all like, woo, but then they've never stopped to think, well, what are we ruling and reigning? So uh, I'm going to talk about that primarily next week. Uh, this week I'm going to get started. Uh, I'm going to give us a good start on talking about people uh, in the millennium because you need to know who's there, what's going on, uh, some things that we need to establish. So you remember in the earth, uh, once the rapture took place, the church was uh, taken up to heaven and the tribulation began in the earth. At that time, it all becomes again about Israel, about the nation of Israel, uh, because the Jewish clock is turned back on. We know that in the, in the Old Testament, there were some things predicted. Uh, the 70 weeks of Daniel, the 69 weeks have already taken place. We're waiting for that last 70th week which is the seven-year period during the tribulation. And at the end of the tribulation, when Jesus returns, uh, what's called the time of the Gentiles will be complete. And so let me just tell you, remind you what went on here in setting this all up was that originally God had a plan and God was that He wanted a family and so it was God and man. And God and man were to rule and to reign. Then we know that sin entered in and so because of sin, man was separated from God. God was very upset about that. And so God came up with a plan and the plan was that He would make a covenant for mankind. Really, in the, in the beginning, it was all for mankind to get people back. And so to do that, he had to make an, a covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham, uh, which eventually turned into a covenant with Israel. And the goal of that was so that he could have a people that he could bring his son, Jesus, the Savior, into the earth for salvation. Hallelujah. So the, the ultimate covenant was uh, to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And the, uh, the first covenant was basically uh, what set it up so that Jesus could get into the earth. But God did have a covenant. He chose some people. He chose the Israelites. He had a covenant with them uh, whereby He would bring Jesus. But the Israelites missed the Messiah. They rejected Him. And the reason that they rejected him because they thought when he came, he was going to rule an earthly kingdom. They thought that he was going to come as the king of all and take over all of the nations. They didn't realize that at this time it was to be a spiritual kingdom. And so when he came and did not deliver them as a nation, they missed him as Jesus the Messiah. They did not recognize that He was the one that God had sent. And so at that time, the covenant that God had made through His Son was then opened up to all people 
uh, to the Gentiles. And so that's why it's called the time of the Gentiles. Uh, I, I do want to say this because we're, we're very thankful and we're very grateful uh, for the Israel, Israelites, that they were God's chosen people, that they could hear from God well enough in times. You know, it was in and out and in and out, but, but long enough to get Jesus on the scene. But I want you to know that God's intent for salvation was all of mankind all along. If the Israelites had not rejected the king, it would not have just stayed salvation for the Israelites. We need to understand this. For God so loved the world. From the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. He was slain for us that all could come into salvation. And we need to understand that. Hallelujah. Uh, but the Israelites, they did miss the Messiah. And uh, so we need to understand that today there is only one covenant. Now, if you're a member here, if you come very often, you know Pastor Chas preaches on this all the time. Uh, uh, Hebrew chapter 8, verses 7 through 13 will line that out for you. Uh, but there is only one way to God the Father, and it is through Jesus Christ the Son. There is no nationality. There is no other religious way. There is no other agreement by which man can get to God except through Jesus Christ. So that is the requirement for salvation. To believe on the name of Jesus as Savior and as Lord. We will see in the millennial how God did make some promises to uh, the Jews as a people and there will be fulfillment of those promises uh, that He has made. But right now in this dispensation... Um, God has not blind God has not blinded the Jews. The Jews are blinded, but it's not God that has blinded them. We need to get this straight. It was their own rejection of the Savior that caused them to be blind. So they were blinded by their own rejection. You know, God is just. How many of you can agree with that? And God would not give the opportunity for salvation to some, but not to others. Because the Bible says many times, Romans 2.11, as well as many times in the Scriptures, that God is not a respecter of persons. So God would not do that. That's outside of the character of God. It's outside of what the Scriptures would reveal. And we all know uh, that probably all of you in here have heard about Jews that have been saved. Uh, many times they call themselves Messianic Jews, uh, but they're Jews that, that got the revelation uh, and received Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if God had blinded the Jews, He would have had to blind all the Jews, and that meant none of them would ever have been able to be saved. And I know, I personally know of Jews that have been saved. So we see here that uh, God did not really do that. God has not prevented anyone uh, from seeing Jesus as the Savior. And so we need to understand that. Praise the Lord. Anybody at any time can believe in their heart and call upon uh, the Lord. Uh, but right now, Israel does not have a covenant with God. So we have to be very careful. I know it's very quiet in here. I'm treading very lightly, but I'm just sticking to the Scriptures. We do have to tread very carefully today about Old Testament Scriptures. Such as, if you bless Israel, you will be blessed. There is no special blessing in the New Testament for you blessing Israel. It is nowhere in the New Testament. Are you still happy? It's nowhere in the New Testament. Okay? It didn't come through the New Testament. We have to understand that. Uh, there is no, there is no, here goes another one. Everybody lift up your feet. So step on your toes. 
There is no, there is no command in the New Testament for, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's said one time in the Old Testament about a land. Okay? So we have to understand you're not going to get a special blessing. How does blessing come today? It comes by faith. Okay? So today it's not about blessing Israel. It's about blessing everybody. We are all blessed to be a blessing. We love all people. We pray for all people. What is it? 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Uh, I, I exhort you to pray for who? For all men. So we pray for all people. We love all people including the Jews. Including the Jews. Yes, we, we love them. Yes, we want a good things for them. Yes, we want salvation. But this is important so that you understand we do have to preach salvation to the Jews today. Because right now there is no way for them to get to God except through Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, in, in talking about blessing, blessing Israel, um, Jesus actually produced, uh, pronounced a woe upon them. So if it was a command of God that if you were going to curse Israel, you would be cursed, and you were going to bless Israel, you would be blessed, that was an Old Testament command. But if that was a New Testament command, then Jesus violated the law of God. So I'm going to give you the two scriptures where you can read about how Jesus himself pronounced a woe, and it was because they rejected him. And he knew that because he is the Prince of Peace, until they can receive him as the Prince of Peace, there is no peace. There's no peace in their heart. There's no peace for their nation. And so you can read about that in Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 34 and 35, and then Matthew 23, verses 37 through 39, and you can read more of the account, but that's really where the words come out. Jesus actually said that Israel would be left desolate, and so we have to understand that. But let's talk about the good part. Uh, how many of you have heard the part uh, or have heard the phrase, all of Israel shall be saved? How many of you have heard that? Okay, so I'm going to talk about that tonight so that we can understand where that does uh, come out in the Scriptures. Now remember, when I'm talking about Jews, I'm not talking about just people of a land. I'm talking about people of a, of a uh, religious system. Okay, now when the Bible says that Israel uh, turns to the Lord, it ties to the Israel of Romans chapter 11. So turn with me to Romans chapter 11, verse 25 through 29. So that phrase, when Israel turns to the Lord, ties to the Israel of Romans 11, which we're going to read about. And it also ties to Judah, which was another, another name for Israel in the Old Testament. Uh, and you can read about that in Zechariah 14, verse 14. I'm not going to read that scripture tonight, but you can make reference of that. Because this is the talking about or the revealing of the salvation of Israel. So let's see what it says here in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 through 29. It says, For I do not desire, brethren, now this is Paul speaking, uh, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. See, blindness has happened in part until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So this is telling you right now that until, until uh, the fullness of the Gentiles comes, which we know is, I already told you, is at the second coming of the Lord, there will remain that veil in the Jewish religion about who Christ is. 
Verse 26, And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the Deliverer will come out of Zion, and He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. Did you, did you just hear that? No, they are not our enemies because we love them and we're praying for them. But when it comes to the gospel and the preaching of the gospel, they are enemies to the gospel. The Jewish religion is enemy. It's an enemy to the gospel of Jesus being preached right now. Wow. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election... They are beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Now, when this is talking about the gifts and the callings of God being irrevocable, in verse 29, it's talking about that there were promises made to Israel by God, and He will keep them. Praise the Lord. He is a faithful God. He will keep His promises. We just have to see where this all fits and how it all comes uh, together. So Isaiah 59, verse 20, not going to read it, but it also talks about the Lord coming to turn those from sin to Israel. Turn with me to over Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, verse 11. And this is important because we're, we're talking about moving into the millennial time and I have to tell you all the people that are going to be there and how this is going to happen. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day. Everybody note that day. That's a very important term. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set His hand the second time to recover the remnant of His people who are left. Did you see that? Not those that are past gone. Not those that have some holding tank or some special covenant for later. Those that are left from Assyria and Egypt from Pathros and Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the islands of the sea. Okay, So when you look at those uh, lands that are mentioned right there, if you were to take a map, they would represent the four corners of the earth. Okay, And that's significant because in Matthew chapter 24, verses 27 through 31, it says that when Jesus comes, He will come and He will gather from the four corners of the earth His elect. And so this scripture is talking about when the Lord comes in the second coming, He is going to recover the elect or the remnant of those that remain and they will be saved. Hallelujah. So the second advent is going to be that day. There is going to be one day when all of the elect, all of the remnant that are in the earth that are remaining on that one day, when they see the Lord come out of the clouds on that one day, the one-third of the nation that is remaining at that time will call upon the name of the Lord and will be born again. They will believe in Jesus as their Messiah in that one day. Let's look at that in Zechariah chapter 13. I want to show you where um, we can talk about how much of the nation, many of the people perish. This, of course, is in the tribulation. 
the seven years of the tribulation because there are many uh, woes and many pains and things that are going on in the earth. The seven seals of the Lord being released. It's a very uh, tumultuous time. Uh, so, so many people die. So much of the land is destroyed. Uh, you can see this in uh, Zechariah 13 verses 8 and 9. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die. But one-third shall be left in it, and I will bring the one-third through the fire, will will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. And they will call upon my name, and I will answer them, and I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. And so what this tells us is that coming through the tribulation, when the Lord comes back for the battle of Armageddon, there will be two-thirds of the nation of all the people in Israel that will perish in the tribulation, but the third of them that remain on that day, that one day they will see Jesus coming out of the sky and they will receive Him as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's a good thing. Uh, And that will complete what we have talked about and what you've always heard about Israel being saved and there's a way for them to be saved. This is that day, but it is only for those that remain uh, in that time frame. I do want to make a note, remember, because I've kind of made a lot of comments about us Uh, Those that in this dispensation right now, the time of the Gentiles, those that believe in Christ, receive Christ, you know, we're raptured up to heaven. We are called resurrected saints. I want you to know that the natural Jews that get saved in this day are not resurrected saints. Uh, After the last resurrection, before the marriage supper of the Lamb, there is never ever again the resurrection of people to God. So they do not come into the very special classification that we have. Praise the Lord. So just wanted to point that out. Uh, So number one, we will have uh, Jews that will get saved uh, that day, that one day. And so they're going to come into uh, the millennial time. Uh, Number two, let's talk about some natural people. It seems from the scriptures that there are natural people that will cross over from the tribulation into uh, Armageddon, into the millennium. You can read about that in Revelation uh, chapter 11, verse 15. Um, again reminding you that during the battle, according to Zechariah 14, 12, many, many people are destroyed, but there are still people, of course, remaining in the earth. Zechariah 14, verse 16. Uh, So what happens is after the battle comes and, and it's all said and done, next what we have to set up the millennial time is what is called the judgment of the living nations. Okay, so let's talk about that. The judgment of the living nations at the coming will determine those people that have lived through the tribulation, the people that have lived through the battle of Armageddon, the the judgment will determine who is worthy of entrance into the kingdom of God, which is now ruling the earth. Turn with me to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. Verses 31 through 46 we're going to read. Now let me say this as, I, as we read this. When you hear of the judgment of the living nations, we are not talking about a nation as a whole. We are talking really about 
people. So the Lord is just and people will be judged upon their own individual stance and what the judgment is. Not just because you live in America, this happens to every American. Not because you live in Greece, this particular thing happens to everyone in Greece. It's just the way that the Lord, because the shift is turned back to nations, it's just the way that He terms it. But it's really referring to every specific person will be judged. And I'll tell you in a minute what the criteria is. But they'll be judged to determine whether they get entry into the kingdom or whether they do not. Matthew 25, this will help you. Verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, this is talking about the second advent or the second coming, with all of the holy angels with Him, and of course uh, the army of God, all of the saints too, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. And all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave Me food. I was thirsty, and you gave Me drink. I was a stranger, and you took Me in. I was naked, and you clothed Me. I was sick, and you visited Me. I was in prison, and you came to Me. Then the righteous will answer Him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Are thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in person and come to you? And the king will answer and say to him, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these my brethren, that's important to know, I'll tell you who the brethren are in just a moment, you did it to me. And then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire that is prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when, would we, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And then they will go, go away into the everlasting punishment. But the righteous will go into everlasting life. Okay? So this is the time that we're crossing over from uh, the battle uh, of Armageddon into the millennium when all of the Gentiles, because now we just know that all of the Israelites, all of the Jews just got saved, okay? And they will be judged by Christ in the earth based upon their persecution of the Jews. This is not about salvation. It's not about believing in Christ. It's about what did you do with Israel? It's about did you take the mark of the beast? So one requirement is that you cannot have taken the mark of the beast. Anybody that takes the mark of the beast, eternally damned. It is what did you do when Christ came? Remember that. Remember how the devil came on the scene uh, through the Antichrist and the false prophet and he was gathering people from various places to, to come to war with him? All those that participated in the war, which was against Israel, it was to try to wipe out the Jews, they will all be damned forever. Okay, so it is very important. He calls two classes of the sheep 
and the goats. The sheep will be saved. It's not saved in salvation. It means to be spared. So the sheep will be spared and be able to enter into this next period of a thousand years where Jesus is in the earth, where we the saints are in the earth, ruling and reigning in God's righteousness. They will be allowed to enter into this period. But all those that are called goats, those that took the mark of the beast, those that fought against the Jews, those that persecuted the Jews, they will be destroyed and enter into hell. So we do need to realize that there will be people, those that are unsaved, uh, those that are without Christ, that enter in uh, to the millennium. Again, you can read about that in Zechariah 14, verse 17. And so the basis of this scripture that we read about here in Mark 25 is not salvation, uh, but it's basically treatment of the brethren. The brethren meaning the Jews at that time. Um, and, and, you know, the Lord, I, I talked about this last week, He is just. Uh, there is a consequence. There is always a reckoning day with the Lord. And so those that have, t- have turned against Israel, those that have persecuted them, uh, there is a time, uh, the Bible tells us, that they have to be judged and rebuked. You can read about that in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 3 through 5. And Micah uh, chapter 4, verse 3. Now again, this is not on a national level. It's based on what each person did. Okay? And so I want to explain to you, though, why it is important, in my opinion, based off these scriptures, that we, we want America to be on the right side of this. Okay? Uh, really, we want, we want every nation, as many nations as we can. Because people that enter into the millennium even though they're not saved, even though they're without Christ, they, have an opportunity, they will have an opportunity to live throughout the entire thousand years with us ruling and reigning as long as they don't rebel. But if they make the wrong choice at that time, then they will be uh, damned forever. They will burn forever. And so the reason that this is, why this is important is because there is a tendency today for people just to do whatever their country does or believe whatever their country's leaders believe. However the country goes, if we're going to war, uh, I'm going to go to war, you know, I'm going to do it. We see this happen all the time. You have to remember that many of these, all these people will be without Christ, so they don't have the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, our lead. He's the one that helps us discern. So He would be the one to help us know that's not the right thing to do. Uh, there, There is scripture that says this, that we follow the laws of our land unless they... Go against God. And so this is one of those times where, uh, ha, for a lack of knowledge, people are going to perish. And so we see people doing this all the time, just going with whatever. It's just kind of like we just go in that way. You know, the world's going that way. I'm just going to go that way too. And so this is why we do want America uh, to be on the right side you know, we will all be out of here. We won't be, be able to be telling people. People will kind of have to do this on their own. And so uh, we certainly want America to be a sheep nation or a nation that does not rise up against Israel but rather supports Israel because then we will have, the, I think, a greater uh, chance that more people uh, will do the right thing. Okay? Okay, so let's go on and talk about uh, number three on my list here of people in the millennium is that it seems to be that there will be a normal increase of man, 
of mankind during the millennium. Uh, that means there will be people getting married, not resurrected saints, not those of us that are, are part of God's army, part of God's uh, resurrection. Uh, we remember we talked about that way back when we won't, we won't be married. We will all be on our own. Uh, but it does seem in this time that there will be marriage and there will be children being born. Now remember again, God is going to get back to His original intent. Uh, Genesis 9, I'm just going to read that for you. Uh, Genesis 9 verses 1 and 2. So uh, God blessed Noah and his sons and He said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So we knew that the earth was flooded. All, all the people were crazy wild and uh, so evil that the Lord couldn't bear it. And so he had to flood the earth, wipe out mankind, except that he spared the remnant. And so he told the remnant here to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, and on every bird of the air, on all that that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea, they will be given into your hand. So what we see is that once mankind had been wiped out, and only the few righteous of Noah and his family were spared. When the Lord brought them back, he reestablished the same covenant about mankind to be in the earth, to be fruitful, to multiply, and that we would have dominion. And so you see that that's uh, part of the reason why we can see uh, that during this time people are going to be, uh, still be being born. Uh, let's look at Isaiah chapter 65. Verse 23, just talking about people being born uh, in this earth during the millennial time. Now again, you all have to go back and read some of the scriptures to prove out what I'm telling you, but you need to know that this scripture is written in relation to the millennial time. Verse 23 says, They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. So we see here that women uh, will be having babies. Uh, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 30. Verse 19, verse 19, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them, and they shall not diminish. I also will glorify them, and they shall not be small. Their children also a small be as before, shall be as before. And the congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish, punish all who oppress them. So we'll talk about that a little bit more next week, what's going to happen with uh, some of the people that get out of order here. Uh, turn with me to Jeremiah 33, verse 22. Again, just showing that this thing about God wanting people in the earth and repopulating the earth. Jeremiah 33, verse 22. As the host of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of David my servant and the Levites who minister to me. So we see this perpetual thing with God about bringing people into the earth. Now we know that through the tribulation and in the battle of Armageddon, much of the earth, much of the people of the earth actually died. And so uh, God will be repopulating, it seems, the earth through just natural living. All right, now let's talk about what's going to happen with all these people uh, that, that come or are living or cross over into the kingdom of God. Uh, human life will be prolonged uh, so that people can live the entire 1,000 years. When I say things change in the millennium, 
I mean, things change in the millennium. Let's look at this. Uh, Isaiah chapter 65. <clears throat> the Bible says that people are going to... Uh, just one reference it gives is that they'll live as long as trees. Pastor Chaz and I just got back from uh, Florida and we saw a tree living that's over 600 years old. We saw another tree that was 1,900 years old uh, that they had cut at that age and preserved it. It's just wild. <clears throat> so let's look what this says. Maybe I want to read this before. Maybe I want to say this before. Let me say this before. So just in talking about this and, and recognizing what's going on, you have to remember that Adam and Eve, remember originally, they were created. They, they, were, they had a glorified body originally until they sinned. And when they sinned, uh, they lost their glory covering and they, they had a natural body like we have today. But you do remember that even after they sinned and after they lost their glory, what did God say to them? He said, I have to take you out of the Garden of Eden because I don't want you to live forever in this state that you're in. Okay. Now they did have the tree of life, which we'll talk about in a minute, but they, it seems as if their body was able in a natural state to live for a very long period of time. As Isaiah 65, verse 20, starting with verse 20. Now look at this. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old. The child is not really going to die unless they rebel. But what this is saying is that at 100 years of age, people will still be considered children. Isn't that wild? But the sinner being 100-year-olds uh, shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. Now, if you read this out again, this is talking about the millennial time. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and, and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall uh, long enjoy the work of their hands... They shall not labor in vain. So we know one of the things that gets happened, and I'll talk about all this next week, but you know, the, the toil of the earth, the curse of that gets removed. Many wonderful things in the millennial. But I'm talking about people tonight. Nor bring forth children for trouble means uh, women won't have uh, laborious labor. It'll, your children will be born without any pain, any of that. That, that came as part of the curse. Uh, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they... Call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will heal, hear. And the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountains, says the Lord. So again, I'm going to talk about this more next time, all the wonderful things, the, the no death of the animals, all the, all the oh, it's just wonderful. It really is going to be a lot like the Garden of Eden where everything is perfect, everything is in harmony, everybody loves everyone. It's going to be, it's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, but we can definitely see here that people are going to be able to live a long time. Now, how is this? Why is this? I, I, I know the why, and I think I'm going to answer that next week. But the how, it's possible that uh, due to differences in the earth, uh, we know that uh, when Jesus steps his foot down uh, in, the, in the Mount of Olives and the mountain splits, there's all kinds of changes that are made in the earth, right? The deserts are going to bloom and waters are going to spring forth and just there's all kind of wonderful things. And it seems that in the Old Testament, 
you know, after the days of, of, of Noah, uh, that people were still living in the earth for, prior to Noah, but after Adam and Eve, people were still living for long periods of time. They had natural bodies. Methuselah, who was the oldest man to ever live, was over 900 years old when he departed the earth. And so it seems that there were conditions, some conditions that were in the earth. Uh, maybe the atmospheric pressure was different. I know that there was a canopy uh, that separated, uh, there, that was between the earth and the heavens. Uh, maybe it had something to do with the sun. Uh, I know that their eating was uh, different. All of these things can uh, account for you know, why it is in the millennium that people with natural bodies, uh, or that's not us, remember we have glorified bodies, okay? Uh, but all these people that will be being born into the earth will have the ability to live uh, for an extremely long period of time. The other reason that that will happen, that we can prove out from Scripture, uh, turn with me. Uh, turn with me over to... Zechariah 14 is that they, they will in the earth in the millennium, they will have what's called a river of life. Now this river of life is not the same river that is in the new heaven and the new earth, but nevertheless they have a river, a river of living waters that will flow out from under the temple in Jerusalem. At this time Jerusalem will become the holy city no one will live in the city except Jesus and who? The resurrected saints. Okay, so we are the ones that live in the city. But there is a river that flows out from the temple, southward and, and part down into two branches, uh, going into the Mediterranean, one into the Dead Sea, where it says that the waters of which uh, will be healed and will have many fish. So let's read about that. Zechariah 14, verses 8 through 9. So this is in the millennial, and this is for all of the people that are living outside of the holy city. Uh, it says, In that day it shall be... Uh, that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. In both summer and winter it shall occur, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. That, help, that helps you know that this is in the millennial. And in that day it shall be, the Lord is one and His name one. Turn with me over to Ezekiel chapter 47. This is a scripture we all read a lot. We talk about it. We talk about it in relation to the Holy Spirit. But it actually really in the millennium is a real river. It really is a river. Now we're living in a spiritual kingdom. And so we have a spiritual river. Come on. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well. So we've got river. We've got a river of life. And it's a spiritual river right now. Rivers of living water. Out of our belly is going to flow rivers of living water. But there actually is a river in the millennium that comes out of Jerusalem from the temple and goes out and helps the people. And we'll see that this is one way I believe that they're able to live in a natural body. So let's read that in Ezekiel 47. As I read it, now you're thinking not Holy Spirit. You're thinking at this point a real river. Watch what happens from this river. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. This is Ezekiel having a vision. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east and from the front of the temple 
faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. And he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out of the right side. And when the man went out to the east... Uh, with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubics, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there, along the bank of the river, there were many trees on one side and on the other. And he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves... Now remember, this is a vision. And so Ezekiel is seeing this in part... But he says, every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. And there will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen shall stand in it from uh, uh, these two cities and they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the, as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and its marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. I'll talk about that next week. Along the bank of the river on this side and that, uh, will grow all kinds of trees, listen to this, trees that are now produced uh, by this uh, river of living water, trees that will be used for food, and their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail, and they will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary, and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Hallelujah. So we see the healing. So what we see, and I want you to know that the trees here are not the tree of life that's in heaven. It's not the tree of life that's coming in, in the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, but they're apparently from this river of living water that's flowing from the temple of God. There will be trees that are produced. And these trees have some form of supernatural life. And they will provide supernatural food and they will provide supernatural healing. And I think that's part, uh, we could say, that's uh, certainly at least part of the reason why people are able to live in natural bodies for an extremely long period of time. Hallelujah. In uh, talking about, just reminding you again about how natural bodies can live for long periods of time, we also have to be reminded that there are two men right now currently in heaven that did not die an earthly death. Uh, and they are living in heaven in a natural body. They do not have glorified bodies. Uh, we know that Elijah is one of those. I believe that Enoch, we, we know that Enoch is the other because he was translated up uh, that we saw. And so we know that they too now are currently living in heaven in a natural body and they're being sustained because they have to come back to the earth in the tribulation, you remember, and be killed and then they'll be resurrected with a glorified body at that time. So now they're in heaven and we know in heaven is the tree of life. Uh, so we know that that tree has the ability to sustain people uh, forever. Hallelujah. So this is just kind of exciting to see uh, how this really works. Uh, let's note this, that um, in the millennium, 
So we have in the millennium, we have, of course, Christ. We have, of course, the angels are in the earth. We, we have the people of God. The resurrected saints are in the earth. Now we have natural people who are being born, uh, small children all the way through children that crossed over. Uh, I want you to know that in the millennium, there will be no death. There will be no death at all for people who are living right. For people who are living by the kingdom, there will be kingdom laws. There will be kingdom rules. We'll talk more about that next week. And guess who's running those laws and those rules? We are. And so as long as people are abiding by... Again, they can still not be saved. This is not about salvation. As long as they abide by the rules of the kingdom, there will be no death. Now remember in this time, the thousand-year reign... Uh, we know that Satan has been bound. He's been bound for the thousand years. And so he's not loose in the earth to deceive people. So there's not deception. Like people wouldn't be rebelling or people would be not be choosing to uh, obey Christ because they're deceived. Uh, but it does tell us this in James that our own desires and our own lust can call us to sin. And so we have to remember at this point that Jesus is in the earth. He is ruling and reigning. So no more is it about uh, believing who or believing what you can't see. He is in the earth. The scriptures are telling of him. And so hopefully those who rebel, because it does say in Isaiah, I'm not going to turn there tonight, but write this down. In Isaiah chapter 60 verse 12, in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 4, uh, Isaiah 65 verse 20, it does say that those that do not submit will be destroyed. So people will cross over. If they were in the sheep category, they made the right decision, they cross over into the millennium, but they still have a choice. God will never, ever, ever take away man's choice. Yeah. Ever. And so they have a choice to live by the kingdom and obey the rules and the laws or not. And if they don't, the Bible says that they will be destroyed. And I will talk more about that next week. Uh, but hopefully since Satan is bound, uh, that group will be rel relatively small. Uh, but it will happen. Also a big sigh of relief. <sighs> Remember that we are... All of the resurrected saints are preserved blameless. So there's something that happened from us sticking out this earth life and enduring to the end and making Jesus our Lord and walking it out that when we got in heaven, something uh, with us significant uh, where the Bible says that none of us will ever turn. Okay, so you do not have to be, once you've made it, uh, you do not have to be worried about being destroyed uh, during that time during the millennium. Praise the Lord. Is this helping you? Okay, so let me see where I'm at. Okay, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. <clears throat> I think most of all of you know this, but I just want to tell you this part because I hear these things said a lot. Uh, the wicked dead, so all those that have died uh, prior to the millennium or even those that die in the millennium, they will not be resurrected again to live in the millennium, nor will they ever be given a second chance. Okay, so let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So there, even the Jews... Even the Jews that right now, without a covenant, don't receive Jesus, 
There is no them coming back, being resurrected, and getting a second chance or having something else that will qualify them uh, with God. Okay? Uh, I, I will mention this. Turn with me over to Revelation 20. Revelation 20, we're going to read verse 4. Uh, there is only one... Re- after all this has happened, uh, after the millennium, there is only one resurrection that is left, and it is the resurrection of the wicked or the resurrection of the dead, where basically they're resurrected for uh, eternal damnation. So they don't come like, like to live, but they come like when we came before the judgment seat of Christ to get our final reward, they get their final damnation. Okay, let's read about that in Revelation 20, verse 4 through 5. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished, And this is the first resurrection. So we know that the resurrection of the wicked dead is going to be at the end of the millennium because you remember then, I'll talk about this next week, but Satan is going to have to be loosed for another short time. And this is what is happening here is it's giving people a last chance to say because once this is it, all the rebels will be put out. So they have a chance again. All these people that have been living all this time just doing the rules but in their heart have not been happy about it. They will have a chance to rise up again with the devil and come against the Lord. And we know, of course, they will be defeated and then they will be cast into the lake of fire and there will be no coming back. Okay? All right. So we read that Revelation 20. All right. Next, what we need to know is that during this time in the millennial reign regarding people, that people, because they are being born into the earth, because people have crossed over out of the tribulation into the millennium, and they will not be saved, many of them, not they don't have Christ in their heart, uh, they will need to hear the gospel. And so the gospel will be being preached Throughout the world, this is a perpetual thing. It will be being preached throughout the world by the resurrected saints. So all of us that made it to heaven and were married to the Lord, uh, we are His resurrection. All of us with the Lord. And then also the missionary saved natural Jews. So the Jews that were in the earth that actually saw Jesus come in the clouds and were saved on that one day when Israel shall be saved. They call upon the name of the Lord. They also will be uh, proclaiming the gospel throughout the world so that the kingdom of God can be established. So this is why we say right now, uh, Charles Finney said this, I like his statement. He said, all believers are called to preach the gospel because preach just means proclaim. We're not talking about fivefold office, which we know not everybody's called to a fivefold. But the job of the fivefold is to equip the believers for the work of the ministry, which the number one work is to preach or to proclaim or to tell the gospel, tell the good news, share it. And this is what? This is preparation time. Come on, church. This is preparation time. Uh, We should be sharing the gospel. He said, Finney said this, He said, all believers are called to preach the gospel. The whole life of every Christian is to be a proclamation of the glad tidings. Praise the Lord. So let's read about this in Isaiah. I don't want to read that one. Uh, Let's 
Let's read about it in Isaiah 61, verse 6. Talking about us. Isaiah 61, 6, it says, But you shall be named the priests of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of our God, and you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. So the priests, uh, those of us uh, that are the resurrected saints, will be the ones that will be responsible for all spiritual life. Uh, and it's important because this is what gives people the opportunity to respond properly to God so that they can continue to remain and live and not be cast uh, into the fire. And so this gives them the opportunity to properly respond to God and His kingdom and therefore live out uh, the long life rather than to be cast out. Uh, Turn with me over to Isaiah 66. Verse 18. For I know their works and their thoughts, and it shall be that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and those among them who escape I will send to the nations. And then he lists several nations and to the coastlands afar off who have not heard my fame nor seen my glory. And they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. And then they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the Lord out of all nations on horses and in chariots and in litters and on mules and on camels to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord and I will also take some of them for priests and Levites says the Lord now there's some crossing over between time periods here but what you need to know is that we are the kings and priests that people will be being born children will be being born and we have to go out and proclaim the gospel tell of Jesus tell of the scriptures uh, proclaim everything that people need to know And uh, people will again have a choice to get on board and and stay with the course and live or they can rebel. Uh, But we will be the ones that will be carrying this. And here where it talks about uh, bringing all of the people, one of the things, and I think this is in in next week. Um, Should I? No, I'm going to wait and say it next week. So it'll be a shocker. But you need to know that when it's talking here about people bringing offerings to the Lord... This is talking about all of the people that are living outside of the holy city. They will be required to come to the city and to bring their offerings. Just like we're to bring our offerings today. And this is preparation time. That even those that are without Christ will either bring their offerings into the city or or they will be considered rebellious and they will be cast out. That's how important it is to the Lord that we're able to. And, it, and the Bible says that it's to show honor to the king. So when we give offerings today, it's to show honor to the king. Hallelujah. And we are preparing ourselves for what uh, comes. Praise the Lord. So it will be forever and ever that we are sharing the gospel, the good news, in some form from generation to generation and on and on. And so we have to know that this Word of God that I started talking about in the beginning today, it is God's Word and it stands forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Word of God never shall. And so I want you to know in this earth, everything that you learn uh, is never wasted. Hallelujah. 
It's preparation time, church. And that's why we're living for the Lord so that we can be ready when He comes. Praise God. The last thing to know is that as earth life uh, continues, I mentioned this, but we will, of course, be ruling and reigning with God, but we will live with Jesus in the holy city of Jerusalem uh, where the Bible says it is heaven manifested on earth. Now, it's not the new heaven and the earth yet, but it is going to be glorious. Hallelujah. And so, uh, again, what an honor and a privilege to live in this dispensation. Come on, aren't you glad that God didn't decide to have you born during the tribulation? Or, or God didn't have, decide to have you born even in the millennium? You know, that, that we get right now. Come on, right now we can choose Christ. We can live this life with Christ. Hallelujah. And there is an eternal reward. Glory to God. A status with God as a resurrected saint where you get to live in the city with Jesus. When you get to be His representation all throughout the world. This is, this is so special. And this makes any sacrifice, come on, any sacrifice right now is worth it for what is to come. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.